Like, dad bought a dog bed for his office. For which on. dog? For, for the babies? For on. Ari? Yeah. So dad is, you see, feeding him from the table also, like cutting up your food like dad used to do for Dutchies. You remember when we would be, when we would be like finishing one of mom's like mm, kind of gross chicken hamburgers and you'd, you'd like look up for a moment and dad would have taken it. Hamburgers are kind of gross. I don't and, like them. You know, and dad would have taken it off your plate and start cutting it up and feeding it to the dog if you didn't eat it fast enough. Mom would get so mad. Here we are at a, another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This episode is going to be a catch-up episode. You just have the three siblings. Actually, not just. You have the original three siblings here. No guests this week. We wanted to take a moment to catch up with each other. Wait, and The original three siblings is if there's like further siblings. Well, they're in-laws. Well, they're, in well, they're the in-laws. Oh, okay. They're the in-laws. Okay. You know? okay. Sorry. Um, Sorry. But yes, the original three siblings <laughs> are together. Uh, which I think it's, it's real. I love, we've had so many amazing guests and we have some awesome ones coming up, but it's also nice to reconnect with the three of us, um, and go over some of the stuff that we've been talking about, catch up on things we've been watching, um, on the tradesies, which I think we already have updates on. So I hope people go back and listen to the last episode and check that out. Um, but first let me welcome my sisters who I am very jealous of right now because you are in the same room together in philadelphia and i am missing out the fun i'm having some serious fomo right now uh lily how you doing i'm great i've had like the best time ever this has been awesome um being in philly in the snowstorm um hanging out with friends and family it's so good to be quote unquote home back on the mainland it's really really fun very cool and beck how you doing I mean, I currently have someone else holding my baby, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, my my children are being watched by a combination of Alexa and the television. That's amazing. Yeah, they can just There's like your dream come true. They can just they just talk to Alexa all day. They it's it's instead of terrorizing a parent. Alexa, tell me a joke. Alexa, really? what day is it? Yeah. Um it's Alexa, play songs from the Descendants. It's, uh, but I mean, they absolutely abuse that thing. I mean, it's, it's, it kind of proves, like in the Matrix and the backstory about the Matrix, what the people do to the machines that make the machines rise up against them. Like, I would not be surprised if Alexa's just turn on all of the children <laughs> in the world that just bark at them all day. It's an amazing theory and a better premise for most movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Haunted Alexa is going to be the next Paranormal Activity. Um, so this is our catch up episode. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to kick us off by going just down a list of things I want to talk about, uh, that have been on my list to update you guys on. And really, you know, the first thing that I want to get to that we just don't talk about enough is I really want to make sure we reach out and say thank you and hi to cousin Vanessa. We just don't talk about her enough on this program. She feels neglected. I she miss feel- her. <laughs> We've- well, she's like, I feel like, I I feel like it's so rude to do this, but is it? Should we rate our fans? Is no, she our number you cannot. One fan? <laughs> you cannot. Rate I think the she's people. our number one fan. So, hi Vanessa. 
<laughs> cannot rate the people who listen. We cannot play buy, rent, or meh with the people that are kind <laughs> enough to listen to I'm this I'm buying program. Vanessa over and over. Um, but Cousin Vanessa is our most loyal listener, and I get a kick out of saying hi to her on every episode. So hi, Cousin Vanessa. Now, the other thing I want to address in terms of people listening to the podcast is that I got my first ever, like, serious complaint about the podcast. Oh, what so happened? exciting. What All press is good press. <laughs> and I want to share it with you. So I, I got a complaint yeah. from a loyal listener who said that recently that the three of us, so this is directed at the three of us, the three of us mm. have been too polite and nice to each other. I think that like the amount. Do you think it's because we've had guests on? I think some of it, it is that we don't want to. Because mi- we have guests. Uh, it's cause some of it is that we that we don't want to misbehave in front of other people, right? We invite people to come on. We don't want to look like a bunch of jerks. But some of it is that we've been doing this so much that we're almost like we're getting a little too refined, and and it seems that something that is interesting to people is when we're like just a tad mean to each other. Well, the I think we on the last episode, life. I wonder what this person would say about Coco because I feel like I kind of was like. With you, I feel like I was making fun of you a bunch. Me personally? Yeah. Like I was like giving you like jabbing at you a oh, little no. bit. I, I specifically I was specifically told that we said, Oh, I'm sorry, do you want to talk too many times? So I guess there's people want more interrupting. I don't know. We we'll 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 have to play I, that I feel like it's you. like a bit worrisome if you say this in front of Becky because now she's gonna be like carte blanche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I nails are coming I out. I spent so much time in those first few weeks of recording. You know, trying to rein it in so that other people could talk. Oh, no, I think you should still rein it in, but but I think people want to hear. I think, and I think you should also still not be mean. So, yeah. Becky, don't change. Well, Just yeah. stay the way you are. I so, think you're also underdressed to record an audio only podcast. So like, <laughs> underdressed. underdressed. Becky and I had a hilarious. Becky and I had a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious interaction. I have to just share it now that Becky go brought it up. You can edit it, it is, out if no, you want. No, this is the catch-up. This is what I want to hear. But, like, it's, like, so mean. So whoever... <laughs> it's so mean that, like, whoever that listener is that you're keeping private. And I do think you should just say their name. Because I feel like we should embarrass our listeners. So just say who that person no, is. Call them out. People. And so whoever that person is will definitely walk that back after the story I'm about to tell. Because Becky and I were so mean. But it was so funny that we neither one of us could help it. So the day that we <laughs> the day that we both arrived from me from overseas, Becky from the other side of the country with our respective tiny children, you know, and like we had really long days and we were tired and I arrived first. So so I my dad picks us up right from the from the airport. I get we go into the parking lot of the building and it's like so nice that my mom decided to come down and meet us at the parking lot so she could say hi to me. Wait, you realize the three of us are here. You don't have to call her my mom, right? There isn't a third person. There isn't a fourth person you're telling the story to, right? I guess. But, like, I'm just being, I'm just used to being so close to the listeners. I guess I'm telling it to the listeners. But I'm actually. I will say that when Becky and I, anyways, we were laughing so hard about this after we were crying. So mom comes down. I just want you to have this image in your head. Mom comes down to the parking lot to greet me um, from the trip and everything and she comes down like her hair was like like in all different directions that's the best way to describe it with like a tiny braid in the back (laughs) tiny braid 
like a tiny little braid. She but joining like, she had... William Wallace's <laughs> army in Scotland? Right. Was... Exactly. She had that kind of hairdo, but I think with the she of it in the morning maybe had a French braid. But that's like the day she had that like the hair was every direction. It was like it was, was that like the day you texted her to be like, Whoa, mom's looking <laughs> it, it was like Monica hair with a tiny little braid in the back when <laughs> Monica goes to the Caribbean. <laughs> And so, um, on France. Another television show where we believed our mom was on the show. Yeah, in that episode for sure. So, mom comes down with this, like, frazzled hair. She's wearing some kind of sweatpant legging. And I am not kidding, shy, a gigantic oversized zip-up hoodie eagle sweatshirt. Like, it reached her knees. Okay. And she comes down like that. And she's like, hi, guys. And I was like, hey, mom. And I was like, okay. In my head, I was like, I guess she's like pulling the whole, I live in like a super nice building, but I can wear whatever I want because I'm that cool. I was like, I'm not really sure what's happening here because mom is usually like really kind of put together, right? Like if not like full makeup, but like. described as Lily said. (laughs) So so later, wait. So I'm like a bit surprised, but she seemed a bit stressed out and we get up to the apartment. She seemed like she had like a day, like, you know, she was a bit overwhelmed. And then she like all of a sudden like freaks out that Becky's arriving, like, like, they could have just picked this up at the same time, like a half hour later. She's like, Roger, we have to go back to the airport. We have to get Becky. I'm going to get Becky. And she grabs her purse and she runs out the door. And I literally was like, do you, don't, you don't want to change? I was like, oh, okay. I guess she's rushing. She goes to pick up Becky. We all come home. We're all happy. Everything. Da, da, da. Becky and I are like hours later about to go to bed. <laughs> and we're sitting on the couch talking. And Becky's like, you know, I just feel like I'm a bit worried about mom. And I was like, do tell and she's like she showed up to the airport like a homeless eagles fan <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god i know i was like oh my god i know when my mom came down to the parking lot my first thought was you were underdressed for the parking lot at this apartment building <laughs> and the two of us just like cracking up and just like cracking mom jokes and just like Basically ragging on mom. It was one of the funniest things that we've ever done. And the best is that, like, you know, it's out of true love because then we both separately told her about it the next day. (laughs) I go to mom and was like, oh, my God, mom, I have to tell you, Becky and I laughed for a full hour about what you were wearing. Like your whole scene yesterday. She looks at me. She goes, I know your sister already told me. (laughs) And I was like, but I'm like, I can't believe she got to you first. I really wanted to tell you. And she's like. You don't understand, Lily. I had a really hard day. And I was like, I know. I'm sure you had like crazy work stuff, but like in your home office. She's like, no, I went out twice like that. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm dying. She's like, yeah, I didn't only go out once like that day like that. I went out twice. But that's what and happens like, also when you leave Montreal. In Montreal, you can't go out yeah. like that. No. Philadelphia, and, it's a different story. Yeah. And so it was just, uh, it was so funny. Like we were so mean, but we got such joy out of it that we just were crying and laughing uh, so hard. Right, so wait, wait, so- and the next day, mom goes to Becky. The next day, mom goes to Becky. She's like, "Oh, Becky, I gotta run out. I have a hair appointment." And Becky goes, "Why? Why? Why would you have a hair appointment?" <laughs> and mom looks at her like, "Shut up, you bitch." <laughs> Mikey's like, "Well, your hair looks so good. Why would you go get it done?" It was so funny. Like the joke just kept giving us so much material. For like days, it was so good. So I'll, I'll figure out a way to to work in a joke on on the WhatsApp chain. Um, uh, so to our loyal listener, I feel like we found our touchstone of of mean again, and it's directed at mom, uh, who we love the most. 
Uh, so okay, so on my other list, so we have um, on the, on the subject of listeners. So one of our listeners is our cousin David in Miami, and he has written before to complain that we like the shape of water and cocoa. And then he that was the best message when he's like, "I hated cocoa." Yeah, <laughs> you're the only one, dude. Yeah. So, so I I wanted to do a dramatic reading of the email chain between he and myself. Him and him and myself in the last twenty four hours, um, mostly because it, it it's hard to understand what's going on, but it also makes it funny to describe our cousin David. He's brilliant. He's super loving and wonderful and supportive of all of our creative endeavors, and he's got like a zany, almost Will Ferrell esque sense of humor. Yet again, very sensitive. Cries during Gladiator every time he watches it. So. He often sends us feedback on the show or just sends me articles about random things. So I get an email with the subject line, um, Steven Soderbergh dash Wikipedia. Okay. So it's subject line, Steven Soderbergh dash Wikipedia. Hi, shy with a wave emoji. Again, old people are better at using emojis than me still. So there's like a hand waving it looks like. Maybe you can ask Alexa for some tips. There you go. <laughs> and then it says, hi, Shy. Have heard of him? Although, although you just called David old people. <laughs> Fair enough. Hi, hi, Shy. Hi, Shy with the wave. It's actually hi, wave, Shy, comma. Heard of him? Seen his flicks? Unsane. Not insane. Unsane. With an exclamation point. <laughs> David. And then a link to the Wikipedia page. So I write back and say. Logan Lucky. I write is back and say, seen many of his movies. I'm 50-50 on them, which is true. I'm like, I love, I love Soderbergh, but, you know, I'm 50-50 on, 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 the, on like, which movies I like and which I don't. Then he writes back a two-word answer, okay? And his two-word answer is the following two words. David Lynch. But those are not the same person. No, I know. And, and then I write, I write back, huh, how did we get to David Lynch? And then he writes back, are you guys still podcasting? You're all the cutest. Roman Polanski. <laughs> That's it, with a period at the end. I can't tell if he's signing it or if he's just blurting out names well, of directors. David's also David's actually also a poet, so he might be writing you a little poem. Oh, maybe I'm getting not... hi- oh, maybe I'm getting haikus. I better look at the syllabus. Okay, so then I write back and I say, "Yes, I'm going to read your emails on the air. Have you been listening? We do it every week." And then he writes back, "Please use my nickname, Lechugita." <laughs> is that his nickname? Could be. What I guess so. That? Was that, that, that mean like, small like, lettuce? That's like a small lettuce. Is that a nickname? And then he I signs mean, it yeah. One Love You DBs. And then I say, The One Love You DBs? What does that mean? And he writes back, Deebs. And then writes back again, Dweebs. And then I say, Deebs, Dweebs, what do these mean? And then I signed it, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no response. So, well, that that actually, I feel like, accurately sums up a conversation with Cousin David. Yeah. So, anyways, that was one I wanted to read you guys. Uh, and, and, and we do really do welcome notes and emails from people and, and tweets and things like that. And that one is, is, is quite, a, quite a special one. And hopefully David will continue to send us stuff that we can we can read. And then... Last but not least, I wanted to talk a little bit about our childhood and how we grew up. We grew up in a French-speaking town, and as a result, 
all of the DVD boxes. Oh, sorry, we're, we're packing the house up because we're going to do a renovation, and so I'm finding all of my DVD collection from the last 20 years, and I found a lot of DVDs from Montreal, and a lot of them have French titles on the front because in order to sell things in Quebec and in Canada, you have to have the French on the cover. So, you know, the Little Mermaid is like La Petite Sereine and... Um, I don't know. Everything looks like La Grenouille et la Baleine to me, which in case anybody anybody who grew up in Montreal listening knows about that movie, the tadpole and the redhead or whatever it's called. Um, what about uh, Barre There you go. Um, anyways. Billy Sebastian. So <laughs> everything, was, <laughs> everything had an A and lots of accents. So among the DVDs that I'm putting away is a DVD that I actually got recently which is the DVD for the movie Grease. Now, if you're near a computer, are you near a computer? Are you going to say, why does Grease have an accent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, hold on. I'm getting to it. Exactly. So, so that's exactly I, it. I can tell you. So I'm looking at the cover, and I'm like... Oh, is that just ours that had the accent? No, wait. So my whole life, I've been looking oh my at... God, I think- Grease, the cover of the album, the cover of the the, the like the logo for the movie Grease, you know. Oh Sandy, my god, it's just ours. Sandy, and I'll, why is it spelled Gris or Grass or whatever? I honestly, why does it have an accent? That... But then I looked at my DVD and I said, no, I got this in the U.S. How does this have an accent over the E or the A? And it was one of these moments, like a like a Rorschach <gasps> test. Is. Oh my god, Becky's looking it up. It has it over like both E and A. Right. But it's like a Rorschach thing. It's like one of those like optical illusions. Because as I'm putting the DVD away, I come to realize that that's not an accent. Oh, All these years, it's the windshield of a car. a car. So for my entire life, I thought I was only seeing copies of I the movie Grease from Montreal 100%. with the accent grave on the... Oh. A or the E? Weird. No, no. Worse, I assumed that it was not just a Quebec thing. I assumed that the that it, like the word Greece comes from like a French word or something. Oh, like it was originally a French play, like La Cage aux Folles. Right. Yeah. I always assumed that that was like a hundred percent normal, but because we grew up in a French-speaking place, we assumed it was like a grammatical thing, and it's not. It's just like the shadow of a windshield. Oh my God, John Travolta was so good looking. That movie what happened? Awesome. I remember you guys saw that movie before me, and I remember you describing the the plot to me. And the way Lily described it to me is there's a girl who goes on vacation, and she falls in love with a punk. And I used the word punk. Yeah, you used the word punk. And in my head, I imagined a guy with a shaved head and a big green mohawk. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, where where did mom get this movie to show the kids? And Greece, why why does it you know, I was thinking of the country Greece. And then watching the movie, it was not a punk, it was a greaser. It was that Danny Zuko, is that his name of his character? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Okay, here's my question though about that movie, and this is you're an interesting person to ask because you show your kids wildly inappropriate movies. I, I started the, I'm watching this movie. I, I and then we stopped. But anyways, go ahead. But so you show your kids wildly inappropriate movies, like where people die and there's like all kinds of crazy shit that happens. And they are it's amazing how they watch them so young. Would you show them this movie? So I, I think like the movies with I, I generally believe and I've said this before that 
Because I definitely did not see, like, all the... Sorry to interrupt you. I definitely didn't see all the movies your kids saw at my age when I was little, but my parents showed me this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. You saw this movie when you were, like, I was eight. Eight, six. No, yeah. Because I, I remember you telling me the plot they of the movie. They started me young, and then I just watched it a thousand times over until I was in college and I understood that they were talking about condoms. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't even understand Like, that. I never understood anything about the sex stuff, so... Well, I, th- I think that's one element of it is that goes over a kid's head. Uh, we did start showing them the movie at one point, but they were like too young to even be interested in the songs. So they just kind of got bored and they stopped watching it. In general, my approach to movies is that if I'm actively watching a movie for them, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Like I watched Goonies with them recently. Uh, we're probably going to watch Pirates of the Caribbean soon. Um, uh, hopefully the Dark Crystal soon. Oof. The Those... Those movies, I think, I like to be actively engaged in watching it with them, and Allie too, and helping them understand the lessons from the movies, and they've become really good vehicles for having conversations with them about everything from death and right and wrong, and we often reference those movies, and I think Star Wars was probably one of the places we started. So I think... This could be a good movie about, you know, protective sex. No, I I feel like there are (laughs) other messages in this movie. Besides... Like, don't drop out of school. I think that's really important. That's a good one. Definitely change your entire look and personality for your boyfriend. Yeah, the end That's of the movie the really ever. is the really the end of the movie is very very strange because he takes off the Letterman jacket and goes back to his greaser ways, but she definitely does her look up all the way through to the final scene. Well, I guess the point was that he was going to change for her and she was going to change for him, but then he was like, "Why would we be boring? Let's just both be cool." So I guess you could say it was sort of like a good message because they're meeting each other halfway. I guess so. But as I get older and more practical, I find myself rooting for the boring characters. Like Reality Bites, I've always rooted for Ben Stiller in that movie. Don't tell people that shy. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> even when I, really the, embarrassing even when I saw it the first time, I'm like, so podcast. what if he edited her movie? I'm like, her thing's on television. Why is she being such a baby? <laughs> you're like, you're on MTV, you stupid idiot. Just marry the guy. No, you can't fight Ethan Hawke. He's Please. he's employed and he's nice, whereas like the other guy is like a complete loser. Are you gonna and tell not me like nice in the Notebook? You're also gonna root for what's his face, not oh, Ryan I'm, Gosling, the other one. Let's be clear. You've never seen the Notebook. I, I have no intention of ever seeing it. There isn't a trade you could make to get me to I'm see gonna that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna open up the floor to tradesies. I would like the public to answer us and tell me what they think would be a good enough trade that I would have to watch to get you to watch The Notebook all the way through. Yeah, but and, it has to be something to not... not you, you can't hold something hostage that you probably would watch anyway. You can't be like, I'm not going to watch... No. You have to... Well, I, I was saying, no, you think of one thing that I absolutely would never watch. No, because ever, I don't even want to open the door to seeing that movie. Oh, so I have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, this is all you. This isn't even one where I'm willing to have fun about it. Like, this is... I'm not interested. Okay. All right, all right, all right. It's such a good movie. I love that movie. So, Beck? No, Beck had to step out. It's just me and you. Oh, okay. I hate right. to break it to you. We'll just keep rolling. We'll just keep rolling. Yeah. Well, then we, we won't talk about Outlander yet. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. I will say, though, that, like, it takes a, such a turn at episode seven, and we can talk about it extensively when wait, Becky comes back. I have back. a question. I'm in episode two, and I, I like it. 
But that's five more hours of television I have to watch before you, you and I believe you guys that it's going to get awesome, right? But that's five more hours of television I got to watch. Should we do like a spoiler alert here and you just tell me what happens so that I should I skip to that point? We said we we're going to wait for you, but we said we we're going to wait for you. Okay. Becky no, just dropped her no, child. No, hold on. Let in me order explain. To it's not about shy. It's not about what happened oh, in boy. episode seven that it's so good and then therefore right. you watch. It's that like what happens is that between one and seven, the buildup becomes so good that by the time you get to episode seven, you are like off on another ra- level with the show. The but right, you're like, but but each episode is still really good. It's just that. Like by seven, you're locked in. I'm sorry, but I find that I will say that I find one to seven is like, you know, like it's a lot of uh, ex- explanation, right? And then I find that after seven, it kind of the story just takes off. There's more action. I guess I would just say there's just more action. One to seven, there's not that much action. It's so it's a lot of, of it's like a lot of storytelling. That Becky's not wrong. It's kind of for the arc of the whole show, important st- st- storytelling well, because there's things uh, that come back. Okay, so. so so basically, but after like, seven, there's just a lot more action because there's like a fundamental thing happens in episode seven that you're that like that allows the show to like take off. So, so essentially, we mentioned Outlander, and like, like the bat signal, Becky reappeared. So I think yes. now's the time oh, no. we get into hundred percent. So all right, so let's get into Outlander. So one of the games we play on our program is I Told You Shows, and that's where you get somebody to watch another show, and if they do like it or love it, it's really if they love it. They come back on and they call you a genius and you get an I told you so victory. And Becky is the reigning champion on our show for sure because while I'm not ready to go full I told you so yet on Outlander, I like it and I'm going to keep watching it. I wonder if Becky will like it that shy. Woof, shy. Becky, dad, shy. If Becky, if shy will like it. throw in any other? I mean, mom always calls me Mario. Sorry. Would, would you, Which is her brother, by the way. Such a brain fart. Um, would you? Do you think Shine will like as much as we do if he's a boy? Yes, I do. I don't think he'll be as obsessed with it as the women in my life, where I literally have women calling me and texting me throughout the day and night to discuss this. Um, I think what will happen though is that the like action and historical adventure and intense intensity and high stakes. Will get you really engaged, but I, I don't think you'll love it at the level that that. Okay. I think the true hook for Shy is that I, Allie has to go like deep into the show. Allie's gotta have to love yeah. it. And she's be fun she's, for you to watch it with her. She's one foot in, one foot out right now. So right. anyway, well, so so Becky yeah. is the reigning champion. Lily has given her, and I told you so. You do have to call her a genius, by the way. Oh, you should genius, yeah. Uh, um, uh, and. Uh, I agreed to watch it, and I. Uh, why don't we start off with my impressions of it? So I'm two episodes in, and the oh, three episodes in, and what I like most about it so far is I really. So the sorry for those listening, the premise is that there's a time traveling nurse who has a husband in one time period, and then in a new time period, seems to be falling in love with the best looking man ever in Scotland. And then in Scotland, try ever on television in the world. And, and, and then there are various older men with mustaches and um, uh, extraordinarily discomforting, like physical ailments that are plotting against each other and her. And that's about accurate. 
Uh, I and it has a little bit of a Game of Thrones meets Pride and Prejudice, or Game of Thrones meets Downtown Abbey vibe, as everyone said it would. Downtown, downtown, downtown. I don't, I don't know. Well, I, you know what, it would be better if it was. Um, so that, so I've started it. The thing I love most so far is the casting uh, and the acting, um, because I, I believe everyone who says that this is going somewhere although it's unclear where exactly it's going right now. But the actors that they chose, particularly to play the male lead who is her husband in one time period and the sort of villain um, assaulting mean guy, sociopsychopath, that guy, the actor that they chose, whose name completely escapes me right now, if you guys have it handy, he's like right in the like the way he acts he's right in the middle of sympathetic and man who is damaged by having worked in the war slash just crazy enough that you'd be afraid to be alone and married to him and I think that's just the perfect casting for what they seem to be conveying with the show and then there's Tobias Menzies Okay. He's very good. So he's he's fantastic. And then uh, Graham McTavish plays one of the mustachioed um, plotting uh, old men of Dougal. the of the wall. Dougal? He's Dougal, yeah. Um, one <laughs> the of, wall. One of the watchers on the wall. He was in the, probably the only one of the only like three good parts of the Hobbit prequels. He was amazing as Dwalin or Dwalin, however you pronounce that name. And he's awesome. Again, mysterious dangerous but also you kind of like i kind of want to want to get him to like like i want him on the side of the characters because i find him to be a very charismatic character but i'm not sure if he's like totally villainous or ultimately someone whose grudging respect will be earned so perfect perfect actor for that that type of part and again very compelling whenever he's on screen the lead actress seems to be the right person for again where the character's going but i'm not i'm not a hundred percent because she's not fully developed yet, I'm just not there with her yet. I think that what what's going to make or break this show for me is not going to be the action or the historical stuff unless it really gets amazing. And it's definitely not going to be the, like, attractiveness factor. I actually find... I can't believe you watch this show with Mom because this is a very racy show. But in that, like, creepy, dirty way... Um, uh, Deadwood and Game of Thrones are like blech. like I don't like there's always someone seems like just a little bit creepy in every sex scene on this show um, no what's going to work for me is the relationships if the relationships are the kind that it seems to be where people are just so deeply invested and in, are these characters going to end up together then I'm going to go deep on the show as I tend to on on shows where there is a deep relationship and that and that seems to be what they're building and so I'm excited to see where where that goes Lil what oh. what, what 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 has made you fall in love with the show episode seven enough said can't say anymore okay so anyone who's watching Outlander episode seven I'll I'll watch all the way through to and, episode seven and, and update and I people. will and I would say that I could just sum it up by I was. Somebody came up to me, and I. This is so weird that now that we have a podcast, I think I have like more authority on recommended things to people. Though <laughs> it makes no difference, but all of a sudden I'm like, I have a podcast. Let me recommend it, and so <laughs> it's so obnoxious and ridiculous. Yeah. And so yes, I we confirm at, that. By the way, Becky and I confirm that is yes, obnoxious. It's ridiculous. And ridiculous. 
obnoxious and ridiculous. And so I was um, with like a bunch of people that I didn't really know that well. And um, uh, one of them says, oh, I, I like, have nothing left to watch on Netflix. I've watched everything. And um, I was like, okay, I have a podcast. Believe me. No, you haven't. Let me tell you about some shows. <laughs> and so and so she's like, what's a podcast? I'm like, I can't get into it right now. So then I just basically recommended um, – a few things here and there. And then I was like, what, wait, wait, what do you tell me what you like? Like a chef. I was like, tell me what your tastes are. And she goes, I like a show that has some action and suspense, but it's basically about like an incredible, impossible love that, um, it's about an incredible, impossible love that you want them to win. And it's incredible and amazing. And you're just so invested. And I was like, you have to watch Outlander. I was like, it's, I think now that she kind of put it into words for me, it made me realize, um, that that's what I love about it. Cool. All right. Moving on. Another I told you so. Well, I hope I'm going to get one now. I'm just, I'm just waiting for it. Even though it really goes back to mom, who was the first person to watch this show. Is Lily finally finished a, a recent favorite, Orphan Black? Let's just quickly go. Lily, why did you love Orphan Black? It took me a while to get into it. But in the end, I didn't realize that what I would love so much about it is the relationships I want it's hard to put into words because the acting is so phenomenal that it, I was constantly blown away by it I don't think that show gets enough credit for how amazing the acting is and so I think what I loved about it was to see not so much the story I didn't really care about like what oh I wonder who's the real bad guy I never cared about that it was more about um what are these people going to mean to each other? What kind of damage are they going to do to each other? How are they going to survive together? I don't know. It was, I guess, all about the relationships. That, that's, that's, that's really true. And, and I think you touched on something. The plot of the show, while interesting, I don't really remember, like, <laughs> Doesn't what, matter. who was doing what to who and which clone was, you know, being stolen. The genes. Right, the Castros and the Lidas. Like, yeah. Keep repeating what I'm saying, Lily. No, the other thing, okay, the other thing to know about this kind of show is that it, it's one of those, it's like five seasons long, and each season has those twists on the twists on the twists where like, at a certain point, you're like, what? How could that not be the real bad guy? There's another layer deeper and another layer deeper. There's always like one that's like, oh, you think you've solved the mystery, but then there's one more layer deeper bad guy. And, and that's like a very specific type of plot line that they, that the show has, but that's not what it's. That's not really why you're watching. You're watching because of the relationships, the character development, and and how brilliantly it's acted. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the way I sum that sum that feeling up is that when the show ended, and I'm not going to talk a lot of details about the end. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But I would easily watch a new show with a totally different premise, but with all the same characters. So like they run a yes. cruise ship, sort of like our break. <laughs> no, no, a hundred percent. They open a bakery. They all have to work at the same restaurant. I'd they, watch a reality show about them and they're not real. And, and they're all played like, half of them. I don't, no, more than half of them are played by the same person. Right. And I, I don't want to sound like pathetic, but I kind of feel like shy when I, I hold on. I'm talking. Let me give you the phone. Shy, are you there? I'm here. Okay, I don't want to like sound like a loser and like kind of sound like you do when you talk about a show when it finishes. <laughs> but like, I really genuinely miss these people. <laughs> like, I miss them. I enjoyed like hanging out with them at night, like every 
every you know few nights or whatever like knowing that like we would i get to see what happens to them and when it ended i was like but i i want to i don't want to never see them again yeah they... also just a sidling a shine it's just a sidebar <laughs> i was reading one of those like buzzfeed like 19 things you didn't know about your favorite tv shows right like on a stupid list and one of them which is not going to ruin anything um the scene where Donnie and Allison are burying a body in their garage. Remember, they have to like dig oh, up yeah, the garage yeah, yeah. and then like well, re-cement it. They, Apparently, I, that whole thing was improvised. All the dialogue was improvised. Oh my, that's amazing. Yeah, because it's not a comedy, and it has very funny moments. Yeah, and then she like carves the heart into the cement because <laughs> she's <laughs> Allison. <laughs> Also, I find I will say I like this show so much. Like, Friends, not, to me, nothing touches Friends as like a touchstone show in my life. Like in you know high school and all that. And I love that show with like a dear affinity. But you know, I'll be like, oh, you're being such a Ross right now, or like Monica. You know how you could say that because you know these characters so well from Friends. I often am like to Jose or like my husband. I'm often like, oh, I'm being such an Allison right now. And like you know, or he'll be like, you're acting like Allison, or you know, stop being such a. Uh, Helena or whatever. No one ever calls us a Casima. No one ever calls us a Casima, who's a, a brilliant scientist. <laughs> but yeah, I can like relate to them on certain levels. The characters are amazing. Some of the best character, like written characters, I think on television. So, ever. so I have a question. If you were who, who was your MVP of that program? Allison. Really? I think so. I love Allison. Oh, MVP, most valuable player? Um, Helena. No, I guess Helena. Helena's yeah, Helena. easy. I thought Allison's a really interesting choice. I would say, like, Helena, and like, I, would, I would have to switch between the two of them because I think, like, the most annoying person on the show is the actual main character. Oh, really? She's, I like, really... the worst. Like, See, I like her, but I'm like, she's so annoying. She's so selfish. Like, I find her a bit infuriating. Um but it's fine because she's like a badass, so I don't mind. She's very brave. But I find it's the other ones, like besides the scientists, it's the other ones that kind of help keep the pieces together. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Allison or Helena? Beck? My MVP? And Yeah, and I know we've played this before, but I don't remember what you and I said. I mean, before this I know. I think we all said Helena because she's so crazy and awesome. I feel like I feel like Helena because she does she does evolve the most. But no, I feel like Sarah uh Sarah Rachel Sarah, Sarah Rachel's the, <laughs> the, 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 the I think I think Sarah because she, you know, she's the center of it. It all she really is the driving. No, I probably said Helena when we first talked and you said Sarah Shy. I'm going to stick with Helena. I, I would say Sarah is something I would pick because ultimately she is the one that 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 connects all of those different characters, even though at times she's frustrating because they, they almost, they need her to be, um, uh, they need her to be frustrating for you at times because so much of the story revolves around her decisions, right? Like she's the one who pushes the story and of the, of the non Sestra characters, Donnie. 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 And so what's amazing about these answers is that for people who are going to now go and watch the show, and I hope you do, um, when uh, you're watching so the, the, while, while we were doing this, season, I did I did a quiz, and I got Sarah. Oh. Wait, well, we... Okay, so wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Just, I wasn't... Can I finish? And we know because he just said Sarah. 
No, but then he did a quiz saying that he is a Sarah. So, oh. so on top of that, so no, no, I mean, I well, no, what Sarah. I'm saying is that for people who are going to now go and watch the show, you're going to meet Helena and you're going to meet Donnie and you're going to be like, ugh. Oh yeah, at first what? they're terrifying, but then or it just goes to show how amazing this show is that from season one to season five that we like hands down say of the non sestras donnie is the best you know yeah and i also want to say about this show that oh I think no i have to give up a... I, I like donnie but i also like her brother whose name i forget right now felix felix i no, think he's felix great. is pretty awesome he is but i think donnie makes the like, one of the biggest trans like evolutions of character so yeah, it's like more noticeable he, he's the most interesting evolution that's true but the loyalty um, of felix to her and Felix's relationship with the guy at the morgue, really. Like, those are little things that matter to me a lot. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's no. A... And, like, the fact that, like, you're always seeing him painting, but, like, it actually, you know, evolves to that storyline that's, like, a side storyline. Um, I do want to say something really funny that, like, one character disappears halfway through this show, and it's because they got on Game of Thrones. And I think it's amazing how they literally... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's amazing how they were just like, oh, where is he? And Sarah just goes, oh, he went over there. <laughs> to the other room and then he never gets brought up again and it's because he was cast on Game of Thrones um, and so and so I, the other thing I want to say quickly if people are still listening at this point about this um, and I do think Shay, you need to like at the beginning of this episode be like for a minute this to minute that we go deep on Orphan Black so I love how I love how it. you assign me tasks like with yes. already the amount of time that I spend editing and 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 putting stuff together, like Shy, I really want you to I go think you just, like, and give just time markers in, like, for everyone. Right. Yeah, I feel like we should move on to the next topic. That's a good idea. So now this was part of a tradesy. Becky, do you want to update me on anything you've watched, or do you want to save that for another? Episode? Well, because we're running the thing out of time. With my update with my update is that I've watched four episodes of Chuck. Right now, I find it to be delightful. Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, ugh, like, I'm just, like, not in a great mood, and I just, like, want to put it on to enjoy. I wouldn't say, because, I mean, I'm only four episodes in, so I'm not, like, obsessed with the story, and I need to know what happens. But, like, right now, it's just, like, an enjoyable 40 minutes to spend to, like, cool down. So that's how I... That's how I'm feeling. I'll so, keep you posted as I get deeper. Season two is where the stakes and the character evolution really starts to happen more. Um, one thing I'll, I'll 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 note just to keep out is that particularly in season two, it has some of the best music choices for a TV show since like those great it, episodes of Scrubs. It does. It, oh yeah, that was great. Um, it does have good music so far. I do appreciate that, and um, I do feel probably like it would be going back and watching Scrubs. It does feel a little bit dated, but that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't take away. In fact, that for me boosts the enjoyability. Enjoyability. Sure. Yeah, it's sure. like it's like that mid two thousands kind of yeah show, like when The Office was yeah. in its heyday. Yeah, that kind of period. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Lil, you wanted to do a pitch imperfect on the Krypton trailer. Let's do that, and then we can wrap up. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, like, all I can say like, here's what I can say. I love. Here's what it's about. Who cares? That's what it's about. <laughs> so I love sci-fi. I'm, I'm like, wa- already over my own idea. Uh-huh. I just That's... watched the trailer again with Becky, and I was like, Ugh, why did I think this was a good idea? I love the Sci-Fi <laughs> Network. I like that terrible. they invest in shows that people would not normally. You know, wouldn't be wouldn't survive on a network, but they can do these kind of quirky sci-fi movies that are often mostly filmed on like a soundstage in Canada. But they can have they have a lot of fun with their yeah. programs. Like I really love like Winona Earp is on Sci-Fi, and that's a terrific show. I hope you guys pick that up at some point. Um, 
But that show seems like they were like, let's take the most boring part of the super boring Superman movie that came out a few years ago and turn it into a TV show that may never end. Again, this is my point about prequels. I, I feel like we're we're running out we're running out of evidence that prequels are a good idea. It's we're we're just better not knowing certain things. We just you know. oh, I, to our fans out there, I'd like you to tweet me what is a good prequel. You know what? Like we don't always need backstory. You know? No, it's, 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 back to breaking. Right Sometimes did, you j- just do? have us have the just just give us the good parts. Just give us the breaking. Just give us the good parts. Um, what's what's? But um, like, what was? Wasn't there like a Terminator sequel prequel? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Terminator well, Salvation is not good. Right. I want I to the Twitter sphere out there. I would like to know what is a good prequel because I can't think of one right now. I mean, I I really like of the Star Wars prequels. Revenge of the Sith is a cool uh, movie, even if that, that whole prequel thing is is flawed. And if you if you argue that Rogue One is a prequel, it's pretty good. But again, these it's are not hardly... a prequel. So <laughs> it's a sidebar. It's, it's a sidebar. It's a sidebar. That's true. It is. It is a spinoff. And it's also um, I, I like Rogue One, but it's not a story. I feel like I'm like, oh, maybe, I really needed to know that. Or maybe it's a prequel adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> prequel adjacent. You know how much I love that word. But he loves adjacent. Can we actually on the note of what we're watching, I actually want to talk about what I'm listening to because I've been listening to a few new podcasts. And through this podcast, I got a hot tip on a show I've discussed several times Super. on this podcast hit it so Say then, the word podcast one more time podcast yeah and um, then and then so, use it like lily uses it to pretend you're an authority on things like lily do you want to start a medical podcast and start just offering people medical you know advice what? it makes you feel really really important when you say look i have a podcast i think it's because when you tell other people you have a podcast they don't realize it's the type of thing you could start just like for free that no no i actually think anywhere. most people, people think, think that, that like it is a, have... i think most people think it's a step below wayne's world <laughs> I don't think anybody looks at it and is like, "Oh, you have a podcast." No, I think most people are like, "Great." I I agree I, to disagree. I disagree. I think when you say I have a podcast, people think that like you work for a media group who has hired you to speak with authority on well, subjects. You do. You are part of the pancake, you know, media media conglomerate. conglomerate. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've been listening to a little bit of. I haven't listened to all the episodes, but a couple episodes of Armchair Expert, which is Dax Shepard's podcast. Ooh, and it's got a really cute Shepherd. premise. What? You had me at Dax Shepard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a great suggestion for the plane. Yeah, love me love me a little Dax Shepard. Um, and the one episode that I was really excited to listen to was he had Adam Scott on. And it's, it's a really fun one because they talk a lot about their early careers and, like, first breaking into the industry, which was awesome. But then they... Adam Scott was there to really also talk about Ghosted and the hot tip I got about Ghost. I mean, it's not really a hot tip. He was just talking about it on a podcast. Anyone could have heard this um, is that they have hired new writers and new showrunners and they're revamping the whole show because even though they like it was cute, it wasn't quite working and they knew it wasn't quite working. So the network gave them a chance to kind of go back to the drawing board and started over. So even though they've done their first initial I don't know, like 10 episodes or something. They're going to go and do a whole new batch of like the second half of season one, but slightly different. Because I bet people saw they're like, how can a show with Adam Scott and Craig Robinson and Craig Robinson, where they fight ghosts, not be awesome. 
that's exactly what happened. And it was like, and, and so anyways, I think it's a really interesting podcast episode to listen to, to hear Adam Scott explain why it wasn't quite working and about being given the opportunity to try again. That's so, amazing. And I'm glad I'm Fox is doing that. that. Good for them. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. me really happy. Yeah. So that's what I'm listening to and will be watching. All right, Lil, how about you? I'm watching Outlander. I'm watching Mozart in the Jungle, which I love. That is like having like like an ice cream at the end of the day. Like a little Sunday and Gal Garcia's your little cherry on top. Yep. Gal Garcia's a little cherry on top to the Sunday at the end of the day. Is that like about like a composer who gets like on a shipwreck or something? What's that about? No. That is a really good premise, though. It is a good premise. I think there's that famous movie (laughs) about that. More interesting than Krypton. Um, Yeah, for sure. Family of composers. it's it's Desert about um, no, it's about a composer, like a very very famous composer who's hired a Mexican composer who's very young and charismatic, and Gael Garcia Bernal can do anything. That guy's awesome, and he gets hired to to be the conductor for the New York uh, Symphony, and it's just based on a, uh, somebody's book about a, a real experience of being a professional musician. Uh, a freelance oboist um, professional in New York city and kind of, they took from that book, they created this premise. Is and Becky, Becky, is Becky talking? Our, Cause it sounds like she's above me. Okay. Right now she's standing above me talking at me and interrupting me at the same time. Cause I can't hear her. Okay. Just calm down and step away. Um, she says that our cousin Jacqueline, who's David's from the beginning of this podcast, who you mentioned his daughter, who's a professional violinist, knows a lot of these people oh, from well, the okay. actual story. That's interesting. I, I, I This sounds like incredibly dull, but uh, I'm glad to know it's a good show. It's, you know what? It's 20 minutes. I think the episodes are like maybe, maybe 30 minutes. I don't even think they reach 30 minutes. And it's adorable. And it's super fun. I'm not saying I'm not doing an I told you so or a tradesies. I'm not saying you need to watch it. I'm just saying that that's what I've been watching. That's cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's like having a quick a quick bite of candy and you end up literally you can sit and watch five in a row. And I think they're 20 minutes long. That that makes me really happy. Okay. It has Bernadette Peters. It's got what's his name from Clockwork Orange. Malcolm. Isn't he from Clark? Yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Maybe oh, yeah. Yeah. he's he's fabulous. He's so good. Bernadette Peters. There's some like um, Lola Kirk. There's some really good uh, actors in it. So okay. it's fun. Cool. All so right. Watching that. Yeah. Th- that's good stuff. Yeah. So all right. Um, I yeah. I um I am. Oh wa- oh wait. I think you oh. owe Steph and I told you so with the catastrophe. I've said it like on the last three shows. I said I'm watching catastrophe oh, and I like kidding. it. <laughs> just kidding. Do you want to thank? Cousin- Do you want to say hi to cousin Vanessa again? Ah, sorry. It's like baby brain. But I will say that Amanda, my friend, took up a... I'll give you back the phone in a second. Amanda, um, I was a good friend of mine, loves TV. I really want her to watch Outlander and then come on as a women's studies expert. She's like, as a master's in women's studies. And I want her to give her perspective on it. I thought we could like do an educational episode about that. That's great. Amanda's incredibly polite. So the impolite um lobby for the podcast might just they might need her to be a little well, bit rude to us fine but i will say that she was not polite about you yesterday when i talked to her and she had a few things to say about you not liking marvelous mrs mazel whoa, 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 whoa no spoilers we're gonna do marvelous mrs mazel in two episodes let's not 
Okay. Let's not. I'm just saying that she had a bone to pick with you. Well, so. everyone can come and pick that bone with me one by one. I love that we get complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who complained about being nice? Just say it. Just no, say it on the I air. I can tell you now. Um, <laughs> so let's see. What am I watching? So last night, first of all, we had the most incredible musical experience. We went with the kids to box seats at the Strathmore to see Weird Al Yankovic's um, uh, current tour where he's not performing all of the traditional parodies, but he's actually performing his original songs. <laughs> you can't. Sorry, you can't hear Becky being mean to you. And I'm just putting in all the mean stuff because that somebody. But what's she saying? She's sitting there going, oh, now we're going to be here for another 20 minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just going to say that it was it was a show for fans where he, you know, he was sitting on a stool. That it was just the band, no costumes, playing deep cuts and talking to the audience. And he was incredibly gracious. Can you explain, can you explain the expression deep cuts in this particular instance so to a, us? A deep cut is a a song that would be deep on an album that you wouldn't necessarily listen to unless you listen to that whole album. It's a reference to when you like couldn't jump around gem. on a CD. Exactly, like a hidden gem. A and hidden so, gem on an album. So he played, for example, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. The kids were bouncing off the walls. I've been waiting since I was nine years old to see her and perform that live. It was. You have abs- to tell Adam Goldberg this. It was absolute. Needs to know. It's an absolute highlight moment of of my musical life to see that. Um, he played, uh, and he was just incredibly gracious and nice to the audience, which he always is. But in this case, he w- he, he talked a lot more because he wasn't doing costume changes and stuff. And then the opening act was a comedy from Emo Phillips, the guy who's Mr. Butterfingers in UHF. In UHF, amazing. And so that was that was cool. He was funny. So Weird Al, amazing. I don't think there's many more dates on the tour, but I think people should, if he does this kind of tour, uh, don't get hung up on. He does play a few of his of his classic parodies kind of in, in short, funny ways, but, but it's, it really showcases the great musicianship of, of that band and it, and, it, and it's terrific. Um, so that's kind of what I, I'm going to, you said I, he did a nice Tom Petty tribute. Oh yeah. And then for his encore, um, he played Tom Petty's refugee and, and I'm sure that was in tribute to Tom Petty and, and, um, who I, I, I'm, I'm sure it was. Shai. No, no, I, it, he, I, I believe he was a fan of Tom Petty. Like in a... Becky goes, it was for Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's for Prince and David Bowie. You just, you just keep like handing these us tests on a platter. Uh, I think this person's gonna be like, okay, tell Lily to to dial it back. No, no, no. I think people. I, I think if we're not gonna have a guest, people want to know that you guys are zinging. Okay. Um, and then I'll, I'll just, I'll just cut to some shout outs and say I want to shout out to a, a fellow on Twitter. Um, at Gato One Dog, G A T. I tweeted at him to ask him particularly, like, what the explanation is of that handle, but I don't know if he got back to me. I don't, I don't know if he did. I don't. But... he's telling me he did. I don't know how to check my tweeter. <laughs> I don't. I literally still find just pieces of conversations, and I can't find the original route. Well, well, well either way. No, let me read it for myself. I, I want <laughs> to shout out to Gato. It's like a treasure hunt. To Gato, <laughs> Gato One Dog, who is an '80s '90s kid. Has the most amazing Thundercats tattoo I've ever seen um, that he posted on online. And recently, this is where we know this person could even be a, a long-lost member of our family. He posted a GIF, and I'm going to say GIF, not GIF, of Walter Matthau in Dennis the Menace when he says, tastes like wood, like and, wood paint. and paint. And paint. That, I cannot tell you how many times I repeated that. Where did you see this GIF, Jeff? Uh, on Twitter. You have to follow Twitter. Oh. And he posted it, and it was just 
so amazing because I know in our family we love Walter Matthau. And number two, we, we all loved that Dennis the Menace movie, specifically that scene, which I thought was only iconic to the three of us who had a VHS of it that we used to watch in the country house basement. But apparently... Awesome. It was so excellent. This they person, just don't make movies for kids like that anymore. No, they don't. And, and then apparently... So anyways, this person has been really cool and fun to interact with. People should follow him. And um, uh, uh, so that's my shout out this week. Um, Lily, where can people follow you on social media? Chi-Chi... K Gomez on Twitter. Beck? I, if you tweet at me, maybe that'd be awesome. It'll take like a few days for me to find it. My sister has to tell me that you did. So, Beck, where can people follow you? And, I will uh, just, I'll hand the phone to Becky. It's amazing. EK Princess on the Twitter and the Oat blog where she makes, where she makes the food. <laughs> I just think I'm so annoyed that like I'm sitting here nursing my baby being a good mother and Lily is too lazy to move the two and a half feet to come sit next to me so I can participate in the second half of the podcast. No, we, we heard you. Oh, Paper BK Princess. And what's on the or, blog this week? Um, What's on the blog, Janine, Janine is putting up, she's got two new recipes on deck. I don't even know what they are because I haven't proofread them yet, but there's going to be a new one up tomorrow. Um. And then Lily and I are working on an oatmeal recipe, an oatmeal cookie recipe that is going to be something you can really diversify. So we're going to give you like the basic for a super healthy oatmeal cookie, and then from that you can use your imagination and get uh, really creative with it. So, so those are mm-hmm. that. No, that just leads me to you should put Mom's oatmeal cookie recipe on because there's two points I want to make about that. Number one, those cookies are amazing, but they've never came out the same. Ever in any batch, <laughs> like sometimes there's like weird granules of sugar that get in between your teeth, and sometimes they're really chewy. They're a weird mix of oh, wait, salty and sweet. Instapot recipe next. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> but so then, but then the also, be- hold on. I just need to. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm I was going to say. I want to talk about after. the time before we went to the the <laughs> RV trip. And mom made us quote unquote healthy oatmeal bars. And then I looked at the ingredients and it was like that episode from Parks and Rec where they have the um, the Sweetums health bars that are like six servings of 900 calories each because they were all yeah. sugar. <laughs> um, so to bookend the show with another mom story at the end of the day where she was walking around like a homeless Eagles fan, she went to go make us all dinner, which is of course, you know, so sweet and wonderful. She's our mom. She's a great cook. Hold on. I'm gonna pass this off. Take the baby. I don't know. She's crying. Um, and she's exhausted. Like we said, but she bought a brand new Instapot where, you know, if you don't own one, it's very useful. I do recommend it tastes like an electric pressure cooker. And so it's like it's like this giant electric device, and then inside of it is a pot that you put all your ingredients in, and then you seal it, and it cooks it all, right? So she's making. I'm kind of walking her through, um, you know, calling out to her ingredients. She should chuck in the pot, and she puts everything in the pot: the chicken, and the and the sauce, and the and the wine, and the potatoes, and everything that's going to all cook up together really nicely. And she goes to start the machine, and all of a sudden she just starts cursing in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, and I'm like, what did you do? She never actually put the pot inside the machine and was just throwing the raw ingredients, like literally including raw chicken onto the and heating red element? wine into the machine <laughs> onto the electrical parts. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a good note to end on. Uh, so 
All right, so you can you can follow me at Pancake, the number four table, Pancake Four Table on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Vero. You can follow this podcast or, or subscribe to this podcast by going to FridayNightMoviePod.com or, or share it with somebody. Leave a review on iTunes or any of the other cool podcasting places. We're now available in more and more places. We're available on Google Play right now for Android users and on Stitcher. So that's pretty cool, and, and hopefully some more platforms coming soon. If you want to send us an email, uh, and you don't already have our personal emails, like Cousin David, pancake at pancakefortable.com is a good place to email. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll, we'll, we'll cue the um, theme music by What Does It Eat right now. Dance. Um, as we go out on their theme music and we're dancing, Shai, how you doing? Stop. <laughs> it's a little late for that. No, it's never too late. I'm fine. You're fine. Okay, good. All right. We'll bye, see you bye, soon. Bye, I love you guys. Next episode, we will be in person together. It's going to be amazing. Good. Special guest star, mother of your children. All right. Oh, yeah. Bye. Special guest star will be the first spouse. So we're just going to talk about love actually as a holiday for like two hours. I have a have, have plan. Alright. But it will obviously include. Oh yeah. Definitely. There's going to be some Alright. And salad with no dressing. What? She's a liar. That's what I have to say. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Love you guys. Bye bye. Love you. Bye. Now you're just holding it up to your. You have to hold it in between so we share it. Or when you're talking, you keep it. And when I'm talking, I keep it. No, it's not a conch shell, okay? Just hold it in between the two. <laughs> I hope you were recording that. You I, that. I hope that the result of this is not one of you dropping a giant rock on the other one's head. What? Why? What is that? Lord of the that Flies reference. They... How is it that I'm referencing a book and you guys aren't? I never read that book. Oh, I never read it. Well, I didn't read yeah, the book either, but I saw the movie. <laughs> it's the worst. Okay, let's start.